Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. To some people, plastic surgery is an extremely controversial topic. And so for the patients getting the work done, telling family and friends is sometimes the hardest part of the journey. So today, Richard and Kim are going to guide us on how best to bring our loved ones on the journey with us. Welcome, Richard and Kim. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. How common is it for people to have fears about what their friends and family are going to think if they're getting plastic surgery? I think it's quite variable in this day and age where there's a lot of social media and a lot of awareness awareness about plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery as well. There's a lot more knowledge in the community that a lot of the time it's not purely about cosmetic surgery or aesthetic surgery. Um, and so many of the procedures that we do, uh, for example, a tummy tuck or a breast reduction are done for medical reasons with, sure, we're aiming for a a cosmetic or a great outcome on how it looks, but there's medical reasons for doing these procedures. So whilst some patients are not going out there and telling the whole world that they're having things done, they, they're certainly sharing that with their nearest and dearest and even, you know, online forums and private uh, Facebook groups, etc. that they're sharing their whole journey with do you ever find that there's there's a certain type of procedure, like for example, are breast implants a little bit harder for their for people to communicate that they're getting that opposed to a breast reduction or a tummy tuck or something? Probably breast augmentation does stand out a little bit more than the others, because as Kim said, the others there's often a a, a, a medical indication as well as the aesthetic uh, indication, and a breast augmentation it's more about how they they feel. Um, and may be perceived by others as, as unnecessary. By and large, though, I find that their partners are often very, very supportive because they understand how it affects them and how they can't wear bras that they want to wear and they can't wear clothes that they want to wear and they hate going to the gym because they feel that, that, that they don't look feminine like uh, some of the other people. So I think that's probably the the that operation more than the others stands out. And then the other group would be sort of some of the younger women who want to have breast augmentation. Um, and we always encourage the younger patients to, or all patients really, but particularly the younger ones who may be thinking about having breast implants to come in with um, their parents, mother usually, so that they're both listening to it. And the mothers are often very, for the same reasons, often very supportive. Um, because sometimes it's a bit hereditary, so they've been through it themselves and so they know know what it's like. But they've also dealt with maybe the, the patient who has not had confidence and, and felt self-conscious about um, their body image. Do you ever get the cases where people come in and they either don't want their family and friends to know 
or that they have really big reservations because they know that the, the they're not going to be supported in the journey. I actually think it's been oh, probably more than five years since I've had a patient where they haven't had someone that's really close to them that's supportive. So I always ask about who's at home and um, whether they're supportive of their um, their journey as well as will they be able to support and help look after them a bit afterwards at home. And it's been a very long time since I've heard someone sort of say, oh, look, you know, I haven't told anyone about this. And generally, yeah, they've, they've been talking about it and thinking about it, researching it for quite some time before they come and see us. And I actually frequently see partners that are like, I'm so sick of looking at breasts online, like all she does is show me photos, <laughs> is, does this look good and do you like this? And sometimes they're actually kind of like, yeah, like, you know, I'm super supportive of her doing it. And they're, they're really, there's also there's a bit of that thought process and stigma that is is the partner, the one that's pushing these women into getting these procedures. And like in, in my group of patients that I absolutely do not see that. And they're there to support and be like, look, it's her decision. She's making all the choices and I'm here not pushing, but to, to be supportive and help out afterwards. I've actually seen an interesting trend recently where it's actually the male partner who has researched me. So and I think where that's coming from is exactly what we're talking about, where the, the woman is self-conscious f- for whatever reason, either her breasts are too large or her breasts are too small, or she doesn't like the loose skin after pregnancies or weight loss, and their partners are super supportive and to the extreme where they're wanting to find someone who is going to be safe and also give them a good uh, result that they're going to be happy with. So almost the opposite of, of you know, the, the, what you're sort of alluding to where the partner's not supportive, they're kind of encouraging it. Mm, they're actually proactively helping them go on the journey. Absolutely. That's great. Is there any tips if, if someone is a little bit worried about what their family and friends are going to think, are there any tips that you have for patients? I think talk about it. I think uh, be open about it, open explain what your concerns are and how it affects you day to day and the the sorts of things that you can't do that you would maybe want to do and talk about, share some of the social media sites and our Facebook group is great as well in terms of how our community explains a lot of things and, and posts about their whole journey. So I think talk about it and be open is the first thing. Uh, the second thing would be to, to bring any concerned relative along to the consultation. We've got a patient portal where you can access a lot of what we talk about during the consultation and you can see the, the photos and before and after photos. So that can be helpful. But I think it, I'm, I'm always supportive of family, whether it's a, a mother, father, partner, uh, coming for the consultation. Patients are often quite anxious and having a second pair of ears is, is, good, is a good thing and just being supportive. But particularly if someone was concerned, hopefully meeting Kim or I will, would be reassuring in and of itself. Back to the example that you said where the partner is trying to really be proactively supportive of it. What are some of the tips that you would give them on helping their partner come to a decision but not pushing them? I think coming, again, coming along to the the consultation, showing interest in uh, the um, concerns, showing interest in the procedure, showing interest in what was discussed in the procedure. Um, These are big decisions for 
patients. It's um, uh, they're not they they can be costly procedures. It's time off work. It's time away from potentially away from family. Um, there are risks involved, which we've talked about in other episodes. So the last thing a patient needs is someone then who is not showing that support. So I, you see it in a very positive way where someone has a lot of support and it can have a really great flow and effect to how their recovery goes. Also just not being judgmental and critical about things like, you know, accepting what they're saying and how they feel about themselves um, and, you know, being supportive of the the journey really. And I think looking at... Um, photos online, like pre and post-ops, like it's usually um, on websites uh, relatively easy for a patient to find a photo of something that looks similar to them to be and, and then be able to show their, their loved one and after to, you know, help accepting scars and things like that as well. Hmm. We've kind of touched on the social media groups a little bit, but they seem to be an extremely important part of the journey these days in terms of questions as well as supportiveness. Can you just go into a little bit about these communities and what they can provide to someone that is feeling a little bit anxious about the journey? Um, Look, I I think they're incredibly useful and helpful. It's a group of women who have experienced the exact same thing that you've been through. We see a lot of questions come up and they get answered by our community. No one, uh, we moderate it in theory, but largely we let it get run by the community and we intervene where maybe something is a little bit more technical, Some a question is more technical that needs answering. So never before have patients had access to this sort of information. So we've got our own group, but then there are groups that are run by patients which are then completely independent. I think they can be good. They can also sometimes maybe have some misinformation and that can be problematic. But as Kim said earlier, uh, patients come in and see us now, they're, they're so well informed. There are some in our profession who really don't like the idea of social media and they think there shouldn't be social media associated with plastic surgery. And my way of thinking, I, I think they're out of touch. I mean, it's 2020 to sort of suggest that there's not going to be social media. It's about having professional social media uh, and being responsible and accurate and not making false promises and um, having realistic photos available for patients to see. And then it, it's just a, a treasure trove of information for patients. Most of these are informative and information sharing rather than pushing anyone to be undergoing particular procedures. The other thing about the private groups is often patients then take things like to direct messaging. So like obviously we're not involved in that, but I, I will have patients come in and it's if they know personally another one of my patients, they've actually never met them, but they can tell me their name, exactly what they've had done. Um, and they're fully sharing amongst themselves the entire journey with people they've never met. They're almost creating almost offline relationships with yeah. each other together. And they're it. super yeah. supportive of each other. And actually I just saw online yesterday two patients of mine that are having surgery on Monday, um, both with me, and they're, they're like, you know, oh, we can be surgery buddies kind of thing like that. And they, I, who knows if they'll even meet in the hospital, but they'll, they'll certainly have that online connection and know that 
this other person has had the same or similar procedure to them on the same day. And so if they're like freaking out on day three about something and they're, you know, I'm happy for them to contact me or our rooms, but they, they'll probably first of all contact their surgery buddy and be like, this is how I'm feeling. What do you think? And if they can't sort it out amongst themselves, then they'll then contact us. And you know, that's not uncommon. I've actually had patients of mine come in and visit new patients of mine in hospital and they've only only ever met online other wow. than when they meet them in the hospital. Uh, so it's a great community. I think it's um, there's a lot to gain from it. I think I think the notion that someone is going to be persuaded into having unnecessary surgery because they saw an Instagram post or someone made a comment on a Facebook group, I just don't think it's real. I don't know where they're coming. I don't know what the facts they're based, the people who say that sort of stuff, I don't know where they're basing that on because I've never seen it. I've never seen had a patient come in who said, I want to have this done because I saw that post. It's just nonsense. Obviously, a lot of the patients that are coming to see you are women that have just had children or had children a while ago um, and getting the surgery can possibly have impacts short term. Um, is mum guilt a thing that some patients deal with, Richard? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not something that we had really ever thought about up until recent times, but I'm hearing about it more and more through our patients who in the early stages after the surgery where they're recovering and then maybe not quite as involved and active in the family, they start to feel a little bit guilty that they've done this and it's for, you know, it's something a bit selfish maybe that, and they think they've just done it for themselves and they're neglecting their children. But invariably, once they come out the other side, um, they see that that they are then more active and they feel more engaged and they feel more confident um, and that they feel that they can be better partners, better parents, better friends. Uh, so, but the actual notion you talk to, if you ask women about it um, with little kids, they, they absolutely go through a phase, almost all of them where they, they because of their kids or their partner, they, mm. they feel that they've done the wrong thing, mm. but it's usually short lived. Mm. So it's, a, it's short term pain for long term gain. Correct. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers it all. Thank you very much for coming in with us today. If you are interested in learning anything else about uh, the journey, definitely head towards our Facebook pages, which is Replastic Surgery or www.replasticsurgery.com.au and that will have much more information that you can use. Thank you so much, Richard and Kim. Pleasure, Alex. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. 